Welcome back to another episode of the Statesman Sports Desk podcast. I am your host for today, Jacob Nielsen. Parker Ballantyne is not with me today, but we have a special guest with us from the UNLV Scarlet and Gray Free Press. We got the uh, editor-in-chief and the former sports editor, Alex Wright. Alex, how's it going, man? Doing great, Jacob. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Absolutely. And we are using the studio down here in Las Vegas at their beautiful facility of, well, what's it called, Re- the Rebel Rundown? Or? Yeah, this is, uh, so we're in the journalism school. This specific room is the Rebel Report Room. Uh, we're in the podcast studio where not just the sports podcast, but all different students have opportunities to produce their own podcast in here. So really great uh, space. I know you guys are having a good time enjoying checking out our newsroom, checking out the uh, radio station, TV station too. So we're great to have you guys. We really appreciate you guys coming down here, reaching out to us and checking out our space. Yeah, it's it's been a blast. Our a group of student media from Utah State, we've come down football game tomorrow against the Rebels and we've been able to meet the student media folk here and see their facilities and stuff and they've been uh, really warm and uh, kind to us so it's been an enjoyable day so far I made a little bit of money on the blackjack table last night so nice enjoying enjoying my time in Vegas thus far but uh the the highlight the reason why we're down here is we've got a big football game tomorrow the Aggies taking on UNLV and so I just Alex I just wanted to ask you a little bit not even as much about just the game itself because I've a previous podcast we Parker and I we discussed kind of the preview for the game but I just want to hear from someone that's dialed into UNLV and its program just a your insight on some of the, the going-ons and mm-hmm. why UNLV football like why they're in the state they are and stuff and so I guess the first question I want to ask you is Marcus Arroyo he's the coach right did yeah. I pronounce that right yeah you got it right yeah. so he's second year coach yeah and but he's he's 0 and 11 so far, mm-hmm. right? And so last year with COVID, it's just it's it's tough to really take any those per- performances serious, seriously. I feel like, exactly. but and then this year they've had a really tough schedule out of the gate. So how do you feel like Coach Arroyo is doing in his sophomore season as the coach? Um, I feel like that he has the right mindset. He has a good sort of structure and plan as to how he wants to build the program, the type of players he wants to bring in. He's brought in some really great recruiting classes with some good players that were impacted due to COVID that didn't have that full off season. So they're kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. But I still think that with his experience as an assistant, his experience at Oregon, he kind of has a, a blueprint of what he wants to do. He has the help of having Allegiant Stadium, having the brand new Fertitta football complex to help too. I, you know, I, I don't think the problems with UNLV football are solely based on Marcus Arroyo. I think there, there's been a lot of turnover, not just at the football head coaching position. The Rebels are have an interim athletic director now. They hope to have a new one by January of 2022. Hopefully, this is they have a new president Keith Whitfield, who this is beginning his second year. So there's been a lot of turnover kind of higher up, and I feel like that's kind of trickled down a little bit and not, I guess, sort of stunted the growth of the UNLV football program in a way. The Rebels have a lot of really good players, like a, you know, Charles Williams uh, on defense, a guy like Adam Plant or Jacoby Winman. But, you know, just something's kind of missing, and 
you know, it's hard to say really what it is. And, you know, with football, I think the old athletic director, Desiree Reed Francois, put it perfectly. It's you're kind of like turning a military ship in the ocean. So it's not going to be necessarily a quick fix to fix a program that's only been to four bowl games when they've since they've been an FBS school. So I think Marcus Royal has a good pl- blueprint of what he wants to do. I just think it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of commitment, and a lot of patience to really get UNLV football consistently winning and, and trying to get to bowl games. I appreciate how you laid that all out. It's interesting. So it sounds like from the top down, there's just kind of a transitional period right now for all of UNLV pretty much. Mm-hmm. And that has its trickle-down effect. And then also there hasn't been a tradition of winning on the football field and Mm -hmm. and the other sports on campus, the basketball team and some of the other stuff. There's great traditions of winning, but maybe football not as much. So what are some things that Coach Marcus is doing? And if you were if you were Coach Marcus, what would your what would your recruiting pitch be to recruits like, hey, come to Vegas? And on top of that, he's done a good job so far. He had one of the the top recruiting classes in the Mountain West last year. So what what would you say if you were him to, to bring recruits into Vegas? Uh, I, I would obviously kind of start off with where we play at Allegiant Stadium. That's where the Raiders play. Big, beautiful uh, facility at the Fertitta Football Complex where they train. So those are kind of the two starting points. And then you also kind of have to bring in Las Vegas is a growing sports market with the Vegas Golden Knights. The Raiders are here. Our WNBA team, the Aces, have been very successful. Other big events like the Pro Bowl. NHL NHL All-Star game are coming here so I think you kind of have to sell that too that you have an opportunity here to be a part of something bigger a part of a growing Las Vegas sports scene Uh, that's not just going to benefit obviously UNLV but benefit the community as a whole Uh, you know the UNLV is kind of like this sleeping giant I think that if they win they win consistently they'll have a place here um, we've kind of seen it, you know, UNLV football with all the new sports kind of has fallen down the totem bowl. Uh, I think UNLV basketball, as they're trying to build that back up, I think if they start being consistent winning, that fan base is going to get back, be more supportive. And I think the same thing for football, if they have a consistent winner that's competing in the Mountain West, competing for bowl games, winning bowl games, that fan base is going to grow. So uh, obviously just the facilities and the, all the newness happening in the program, but I would also sell, hey, you could come here, you put in the time, you put in the effort, you'll be a part of something bigger of turning around UNLV football, making it a winner, and being a part of this growing Las Vegas sports community. I think that they should hire you as a recruiting <laughs> assistant on the staff. Yeah. That's pretty, I want to come play at UNLV now, be yeah. a part of something bigger. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I mean, you know, obviously, as you, we kind of touched on, not a lot of winning tradition, so I mean... Yeah, that's kind of what you have to do with with these recruits, right? Like I would, you know, hear people talk about, hey, you know, we might have lost that game you were at, but if you were on our team, we could have won that game, or we could win a conference championship or a national championship if you come in here and be a part of our program. That's something that they they have to kind of dig up and creatively craft as to their pitch to these students who these athletes who maybe have like a Boise State offer and like, hey, go to Boise State, win a Mountain West championship, maybe go to the Fiesta Bowl or something like that. 
So I used to live in Las Vegas from, I was little, 2007 to 2008. Mm-hmm. But as a kid in elementary school, I just, I remember, I have decent memories of it. And the town is so different now. And I got, I got a sports brain, right? So the Knights come in and the Raiders come in and you got the Aces and like you mentioned, and then all the sports here at UNLV. So how do you, did you grow up in Las Vegas and how do you feel like the town is kind of changed into more of a sports town and you, do you feel like people are maybe more engaged in sports here and more united or uh yeah i'm born and raised here uh las vegas has always been kind of like this sports town because they've hosted so many events i think of all the race the nascar races they've hosted conference basketball tournaments um they've hosted a lot of these one-off weekend type events but they've never had a sports team to call their own so when the knights came and we saw how successful they were obviously you know they came in at the time of the of the mass shooting october 1st and that kind of drew everybody closer together and that kind of showed the the bond and the impact having a sports team could have so there there is a, a lot of passionate sports people here uh obviously las vegas is different if you go to a knights game it's not necessarily hockey and then you know treating the fans second it's like both the hockey game and putting on a great show that hospitality uh feel from all the hotels here that people know las vegas for those two things are kind of bridged together into making it a big show a big event do things vegas style that other places can't do so uh there's always been sports fans here and you know like like you mentioned with all the growing with all the professional sports teams here, I think everybody's uh, really, you know, feeling the impact of that. Yeah, it's it's Vegas, it's big time, and there's mm-hmm. a lot going on. And I would imagine that with all the benefits that it has, there's also got to be a little bit of a double-edged sword. I'd imagine it have some drawbacks. Do you feel like maybe everything going on in Vegas and the entertainment entertainment capital of the world? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that could have maybe be a distraction to maybe the football team and to some of the student athletes that? that come to UNLV? Yeah, I don't, you know, think there is. I've never, there hasn't been any reported issues of player sneaking out or nothing like that. So I feel like the uh, the the uh, football team, they, they have like a relationship with, with the Raiders. I know when there were some wildfires in California and that smoke uh, impacted the Las Vegas air quality, the Raiders let UNLV go practice at their indoor facility for the, for the day. So, there's a, a good relationship between all the sports teams here because they all understand that we should all be lifting each other up. We should all be helping each other out. So I don't think the, the players see it necessarily as a distraction, but I do feel like they see it as an opportunity to grow and get better. Uh, kind of to piggyback off that, the Knights and the Raiders, they're going on the same time as UNLV football is going on. They're going to be going on the same time as basketball starting. So in terms of like fighting for media coverage and getting people into the seats, obviously people are going to go to the, probably going to first go to the Knights game because it's a show and they're also a Stanley Cup contending team. The Raiders are the Raiders with Raider Nation, big fan base. People are going to go there. So it's tough in that aspect, aspect but kind of like as I mentioned earlier, if UNLV is consistently winning, maybe getting ranked, competing for the Mountain West, you know, that they're going to get their pocket of fans back. Those loyal supporters that have been UNLV fans that have been here before, way before even 
there were any pro sports teams there you know those people are going to come back the people in the las vegas community are going to come together and support that team if they, if they get one so kind of tough in that aspect of keep competing right now but i think if the rebels start winning it's going to help a lot yeah it's certainly a fight for eyeballs but like you're saying winning can it can cure all it can mm-hmm. really bring people together i want to ask you a little bit about allegiant stadium specifically yeah uh, you've been able to be there on a couple occasions mm-hmm. i believe and just it looks it's a massive massive building just from the freeway really impressive yeah. i've heard they call it the death star yeah and so what are just your thoughts on just the facility itself and how cool it is you know i i can't believe it obviously growing up here never would have thought an nfl team would have come to las vegas uh with obviously the gambling sort of thing with the nfl but now as they've kind of bridged that gap i feel like you know they're being more accepting so it's great to have this big facility that's not just a nfl football stadium but also could host soccer events big concerts all that sort of thing so it's it's been great to go in there and just to see that um kind of have that last i guess pin in our cap as like a true entertainment the, the true entertainment capital now that we have uh, great arenas like T-Mobile Arena, Thomas and Mac, but we also have this big football stadium that could host 60, 65, 70,000 people for big events like that. Kind of helps solidify that statement. And then just you know going in there and watching the games last year was tough with very limited fans, but it's still a, a beautiful facility to go into. Uh, the, the Rebel fans that were here for some of the games this year Definitely enjoy it uh, at Sandboy Stadium. Definitely had run its course. Uh, definitely the Rebels kind of needed a, a move closer to the heart of Las Vegas, closer to the campus, and I think Allegiant Stadium has provided that, and I think that's definitely got some people excited about UNLV for sure. Yeah, I, I've actually been to some UNLV games growing up mm-hmm. out at Sandboy, and it's out there in the desert. Exactly. There, there's some subdivisions and stuff closer out there, but it really just is, it doesn't really have the same vibe as maybe the the glitz and the glamour of the strip and stuff. So mm-hmm. certainly from my perspective, and it sounds like what you're saying is it's a massive upgrade and it's a great thing for the city and for the university. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up here, I just, we got to talk a little bit of football. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's talk a little bit of football. <laughs> so tomorrow... UNLV and Utah State, they're both coming off of buys, so they're both well-rested. Well I think both teams really needed a break. Just yeah. They both have very front-heavy schedules. UNLV played Iowa State and Fresno and UTSA, who's all of a sudden good. Right. And Utah State played Boise State, BYU, Washington State. So coming in this game, finally both teams settling into conference play. What are you hoping to see from your Rebels tomorrow night? And uh, what do you think uh, they can do? Uh, you're looking at the Rebels sort of offensively. They need to make sure Charles Williams, our running back, he continues to be productive. Had a, a really big game against uh, Fresno State. Coach Royals talked a lot about how get, they want to make sure that they establish the run game, utilize Charles Williams to their, their full potential, which helps open up so many other things and also be an assistance to uh, the quarterback. There's been, mul- you know, multiple quarterbacks in with Doug Brumfield being hurt. Uh, Cameron Friel has, he's improved a lot since the start of the season. 
Um, so that's the big thing on, on offense for the Rebels is they just they need to get Charles Williams going and help get the uh, whoever starts at quarterback. We're not sure who that's going to be yet. Get them comfortable and help get them going to piece together some drives. And then sort of defensively, getting turnovers is going to be key. The Rebels didn't get any turnovers against UTSA. They've gotten turnovers in those the first four games before that. So just you know, getting turnovers on there is going to be key. We've seen the defense kind of get tired and then there'd be stretches where they get give up multiple scoring drives in a row so i like we talked about you mentioned the bye week i think the bye week has been huge for them to sort of get healthy and kind of re you know go through the tape and see what they need to do to kind of put together a good four quarters because we've seen the rebels they put together two and a half or three or even three and a half and then those eight or 15 minutes they give up they dig themselves in a hole that they can't get out of so honestly i'm just looking for some consistency for the rebels get some good drives going that they could capitalize in touchdowns consistently get stops on third downs force a couple turnovers and just overall get everybody a little comfortable coming out of the bye week you know the rebels as you mentioned tough opening stretch of games but as we kind of looked in this conference game they have some opportunities to try to get that first win so it's going to be a big tone center this week for the Rebels to build some consistency on offense and just overall trying to improve on what they've done in those first five games. I think that's a really great assessment. And like you mentioned, not sure who the quarterback is going to be tomorrow, whether it's Martell or Brielle or what's Cam- Friel, Cameron excuse Friel. me, Cameron Friel. Yeah. Yeah. And who do you think it's going to be? I'm not sure Cameron Fields been uh, from reports I practice Cameron Fields been starting with the ones and Doug Brumfield isn't back a hundred percent with the team. Mm-hmm. So in terms of practicing, so I think we might see Cameron Friel, but you know you never know who who Marcus Rowe is going to put out there. Sure. Hey, well, Alex, this has been fantastic. I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow. We got you mentioned there's some raising canes in the, the the tailgate yeah before kickoff so really amped up for that and uh, <laughs> get into the death star and see the place and uh hopefully we got a we got a competitive game tomorrow yeah it should it should be a really a uh, good game with two teams that are trying to get get things going coming off of their bye week so i, I can't wait for it. it should be a good one all right alex thank you so much for joining me it's been a pleasure and uh that should wrap up this uh this special edition of the uh the statesman sports desk podcast